Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. I'm super happy to say that Volume 66 of The Other Stories is sponsored by the Scared to Death podcast. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious, and interesting to distract you and entertain you, check out the horror podcast Scared to Death. There's nearly 100 episodes of demonic possession, hauntings, shadow people, black-eyed children, alien abductions, and so much more. It's a show where horror lover Dan Cummins attempts to terrify his wife Linz with two new supposedly true tales each week. Linz gets back at Dan with potentially scarier stories, sharing at least two listener-submitted encounters with the paranormal, often the most disturbing part of the show. So if you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight, Pacific time. And that's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. So, get scared to death. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Alone Together in the Last Drowned City, written by Brandon R. Chin and narrated by Georgia Cook. The train slips us through the city's gates beneath a sickle moon. Light streaks outside breath-fogged windows in a jagged cut that peels us away from the outside world. There are no vacant seats. There is no room for baggage. There is no space between us. 
We huddle together in the rearmost car and watch as the world vibrates stubbornly past, pushed together in a host of frightened families. Scattered light and fragmented images have transformed the familiar into the grotesque. I shut my eyes, hoping my own crafted darkness might protect me from the uncomfortable light. But in this sticky oculation there is only warm bodies and the scent of stale breath. She curls in next to me, her body nearly a part of mine, nestled into the crook of warmth as I rest my head against the cold window. The city that crumbles behind us is a memory of brittle iron, but she is with me, and she had no real choice as we abandoned our home. Time is the only thing left to us, and each other. In the depths of my fragile cognition, I convince myself that distance will mend the wounds, that escaping will somehow protect her. train screams and rumbles as it pulls into the final station. Our conductor barks us off. Bags are frantically pulled from overhead compartments and from beneath seats. All precious items clutch to breathless chests. No one dares abandon any part of themselves, despite the stew of body heat and the crush of panic that pushes us out of the train and into the frigid night, where our sore bodies huddle beneath plumes of steam. She tucks into me. Where are we supposed to stay? She breathes. Armed men are pulling people off the train. I don't want to be one of the few that's violated in the scuffle, and I don't want their fingers on her. It's a fifteen-minute walk to the hostel, the conductor says. He flicks the wheel of his lighter, cigarette cherry-blooming to life like a sudden comet. If you don't want to bother waiting for the shuttle. I can hear her shivering against me. This is bullshit, I mutter under my breath. Her teeth are chattering, her cheeks flushed. She's bundled in a crimson coat that dwarfs her small body. I tower over her as I try to see past the crowd and up into the labyrinthine streets, all curves and darkness. The crowd worries and fusses as it attempts to discern the twining paths that might lead to warm beds. Fear crushes me. There's no reason to wait. There's no shuttle coming. I'm not freezing here in the darkness and neither is she. Come on, we'll make it. We have to, I say. I sling my backpack over my shoulder and she pulls her bag across her side and we're walking, delirious and dreamy. The streets are quiet. Darkness swallows us. I can hear her laboured breathing like a fluttering bird. We pass ruined buildings and demolished storefronts and more than once glass crunches beneath our worn boots. The moon... While only a sliver, gives us blue light that fashions uncomfortable silhouettes out of the refuse. We stop for a break only by the light of a burning car. I don't feel good, she whines. A few strands of auburn hair fall in front of her face, making her look haggard and feral. I pull her up and make certain her bag is good and fashioned. Come on, it's not far now. We have no signs to go by, no landmarks, no easily discernible paths. Together we stand beneath the spreading corona of a single streetlight that's blinking through the bodies of a dozen moths. She watches them with wide, eager eyes, her pupils taking in too much light. I feel the urge to speak, to say something, anything. I can't say we are going to be fine. I don't know. 
I can't stomach the lies that form in my tired mind, and so instead I drag her onward and dread the hunger that's blossoming within us. When we reach the hostel, she bounds past me, away from me, her small body suddenly illuminated by the suspiciously bright light that floods the entrance of the building. Snow flurries behind us as we stomp our way inside, past a series of interlocking doors that whooshed open like the machinations of the old world. A man stands behind a desk, smile plastered to a tired face. The walls of the hostel are clean and there's an artificial lemon smell that hangs in the air. But beneath that is an indescribable stench. Checking in? His tone is cheery, so bright that it cuts into me like a blade. That moment of surreal normacy sets me back to a time of family, of laughter. I'm a kid again on vacation with my parents, my tiny hand wrapped in my mother's larger protective one. I feel a nudge. She blinks up at me with her huge eyes, and I stammer for words. Um, yes, I say. I give my name. The concierge grins at us. Only two? That's surprising. Most travelling crowds. You're the first I've seen tonight. We didn't want to wait for the shuttle. The concierge nods sagely. They give us each a plastic keycard. I sling my backpack over my shoulder. Her hunger makes her weak, but she brightens as we approach the elevators, and I marvel that they are still working. Our ride is short, but within it is a view of the ruined city, and I feel hollowed by the sight. The darkness is shapely from so high up. There's a hole there, an adverted and inside-out tower whose edges crawl with blue light. I see things flicker there, as if bodies are scampering beneath the moonlight, and then they are gone. We find our room easily enough. Here, I say, fumbling with my keys. We let inside a comfortable darkness. We shed our bags and coats and she turns on every light in the room before collapsing onto the bed. When I lay down beside her, I'm so taken by the comforting softness that I nearly cry. I try not to think about how long we'll be able to stay. We lay together in the quiet before she asked me to check the room. Make sure we're safe, she whispers into me. Make sure we're alone. I want to tell her that there is no safety. Doesn't matter how many corners I check for monsters. Doesn't matter how many bogeymen I shoo away. I check anyway. For her. I make a big show of it as I peek under the bed and open all the drawers. I remove my shoes before I return to bed. By the time I undo the laces, she's already crawled beneath the blankets. I crawl in after her. There's a mirror on the far side of the room that shows our faces, and I take one glance before I retreat from the sight. We're alone, I say, as I curl up with her. I wrap my arms around her. I feel the softness of her belly. She mumbles something incoherent, and I tuck my cheek into the curls of her hair. We sleep and wake and sleep again. In the middle of the night, I pull the curtains aside and let the sickle moon wash us with blue light. It makes our skin glow in that old way. She breathes within the fold of my arms. Her heart is no longer a fluttering bird, but a hammer on brass, and I'm surprised at the return of her strength. That softness has an edge to it, like the chitinous plates of a lobster pulled one over the other. 
I press my face deeper into the comfort of her hair and breathe in that old comforting smell. When I shut my eyes tight enough, it's like we have never run. We're going to die, she says. It's still dark. I don't know what time it is. I don't know if days or hours have passed. We are. You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to comfort me. I can't. Not anymore. The final lights of things unseen will spiral around us like wingless insects. In time, one of us will become a tinge too hungry. Come here, she says. She turns over so we are facing one another. My own fluttering heart is a void that collapses between us. My anxieties absorb all that is left of me. I cup her chin and look into her dark eyes, and there is an unravelling at the basest dregs of existence, where the dreams of other primordial beings fall away, and all that is left is the cells that comprise our makeup. It's a moment of giving up, of giving in, and I want it to last forever. But as all things, it melts away more quickly than I can hold it. We didn't come here to live or survive, but to have one more normal moment, one final goodbye before walking off into the dark. I wake in the middle of the night alone. I feel her in the room, but she's no longer with me. She's no longer something I can touch. The warmth of the bed escapes my fingers as I rise. The dimensions are suddenly wrong. I'm hungry. She speaks from every corner of the room at once. She's near the ceiling, the floor. She's by the window and scrabbling against the glass. I clutch the bedspread as I stand, heart thudding. If I could have made her understand, I would have told her that I was grateful to be the first to go. I didn't want to be alone, so bestial that my only memories of her are the ligaments I pull from beneath my sharp teeth. My hands and arms are sticky with something that tugs the blanket with me as I pull away from the bed, and our human remains dump out onto the floor like a released tide. We've sacrificed so much together. Out there where the last barriers of water keep the world together, a spray of churning foam pushes into the city beneath a foreign sky. I'm thankful to be here in this room with her, and not fleeing against a backdrop of unfamiliar ruin. I would rather breathe her in than choke on salt air. Not everyone gets the comfort of a warm bed and a soft cheek in their final moments. Some of us are still out there in the darkness, running beneath blue moonlight, skirting the edge of a hole that is gone now. A chattering, clicking sound breaks me from my thoughts. I'm glad I came here with you, I tell her. It's true. I'm glad for it. Long after I'm gone, I dream of her somewhere warm and bright, a place with plenty of food and nothing that can hurt her. I don't close my eyes. I don't still my drumming heart. She drops from her place in the darkness and skitters towards me, her many legs hardened and sharp, no soft part of her left that I can remember. I stand waiting, warm and ripe and delicate.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Alone Together in the Last Drowned City was written by Brandon R. Chin, narrated by Georgia Cook, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Uncorps and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Brandon R. Chin is the author of the Cognition Cycle series. He lives in the Pacific Northwest and writes genre fiction and video game essays. You can check out his work at thecognitioncycle.com. That's cognition spelt with a K. And geek out with him at at Brandon R. Chin with two N's on Twitter and Medium. Follow Georgia Cook on Twitter at at Georgia Cooked. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts, mugs, posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Or you can get help with your short stories and your podcasts by heading over to theotherstories.net forward slash services. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.